Welcome back to Listening In. I'm here again today with Chuck. What's up? And today we also brought a guest on, Brandon. How's it going, y'all? Uh, we're going to be talking about the song um, She's Leaving Home by The Flaming Lips. Actually, it was a Beatles song. You want to tell us about that, Chuck? Yeah, so it's a, it's a cover of a Beatles song from their album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Um, it's a pretty cool song from the Beatles. And then the Flaming Lips kind of put like a modern twist on it. And it also features like Fantagram um, and someone else, I believe. Uh, let me see. Um, Juliana Barwick and also Space Face. But I'm not that familiar with those artists. So I'm kind of struggling with that. But anyway, they put out a, an album with a little help from my friends. It's actually just a cover of um, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Um, so, yeah, that's it's. It's I don't know it's a, it's a it's a pretty famous song, and so just to hear their twist on it is pretty cool. And ironically, I actually heard this song, the cover song by the Flaming Lips. I heard that before the Beatles song, and I don't know how true that is for the other people. Probably on depends here. how old you are. I would true. Guess. I mean, which song did you hear first? I, I heard the Flaming Lips lip song first, but uh, that's pretty much just because that's the one you showed me. Yeah, right. And then I went and uh, searched it on Spotify, and that's when I found the Beatles song. And to be, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, like I thought the Beatles song was a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that's we're doing this, a podcast on this one, but uh, I'm a big fan of the string instruments. So. Yeah, I mean, and. Uh... I mean, it would be pretty cool if we could just play them both because I think there's value in, in both. Obviously, a lot of people would probably be diehard fans of the Beatles, which is understandable. Um, but, but you know, you got to give a shout out to those Oklahomans. Uh, wait, who are the Oklahomans? <laughs> the Flaming Lips. They started in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, really? Right? Oh, they were from Portland. No, the Flaming Lips were from. Um, Oklahoma. Let, let's rewind a little bit. Because if you remember, if, <laughs> let's let's twist back to Oklahoma and is, that, is that a thing? Is, I don't think that's a thing. I think I think we should make it. It a thing, can though. be. You know, this I, is I, what we are treading new grounds. We are <laughs> paving new frontiers. All right, I just fact checked it. They are from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. So yeah, so okay. I guess we got to go back to Oklahoma. Yeah, go back to where it all started. Yep. Uh, for for some reason, I thought you were saying something that the Beatles said something. Like, oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess that could be from there. <laughs> you know, the British part of Oklahoma. Well, it's Oklahoma, UK. Yeah. Okay. But, okay, UK. Okay, UK. Yeah, UK's okay. <laughs> in my opinion. But, shout and, out to the Strokes. Oh, wait, God. what was the shout out to the Strokes? <laughs> They're also from the UK. They're not though. <laughs> but they had that. They got big in the UK. Yeah, that's true. They did. So okay, fine. I guess legally okay, you're UK. allowed to shout out to the Strokes, but I don't think that was a very good one personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to get it in here at some point. That's that's fair enough. It's inevitable. I've listened to uh, a few of these podcasts, and uh, the Strokes and the Void seem to come up uh, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, in each one. Well, it's it's really their our grounding characteristic. I don't think this podcast could exist without them, to be honest. And so we might as well pay our respects every chance we get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shamelessly plug them. So yeah, uh, also definitely check out The Voids. Um, they just dropped a new track. It um, is dope. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, shoot. What's it called? I don't remember what's happening. But anyway, look them up. Um, anyway, get ba getting back to the song we're going to be diving into is She's Leaving Home by The Beatles, but this is a cover done by The Flaming Lips. Right. And Friends. Right. Exactly. So without further ado, 
Let's begin. Wednesday morning at five o'clock as the day begins. So the way they begin the song, it it's interesting to me because they're setting up this whole like scenery with the sun coming up because it's five o'clock in the morning and the sun's like just rising and you're picturing like not many people are awake and so there's she's trying to leave as quietly as possible, which makes like there's a courteous reason to do that if you have work or whatever well, she's in her bedroom right oh i guess it depends on how far in the lyrics you are um, I'm, her- I'm starting off with her bedroom so yeah. she's trying to be quiet but also as she's like leaving and going downstairs and then leaving a note and then also going outside quietly and then at the end where they're talking about how she's completely like free it now adds this whole aspect well, of like, why was she free. not completely? The, I I paraphrase. Oh, stepping outside, she's she free. She's free. Yeah. Um, but when they say that, it kind of gives you this idea that like she's obviously, if you're free, you're free from something. So like, it makes you wonder like, what is it? What's going on right. that this is building up? They, to? they kind of develop a little bit right. as the song goes on. Um, one, I think we'll kind of dig into that a little bit more because that's like kind of the crux of the song. But one one line I really like is when uh, they say leaving the note that she'd hoped would say more. Like she's leaving it and it like has an explanation for whatever's happening, but she still isn't really happy with it because obviously there's no way to convey, I think, whatever that is um, with just a note. And I think that's, that's something that you experience a lot. Right. And... Yeah. uh I'm just looking at the line. She goes down the stairs to the kitchen, clutching clutching her handkerchief. So, like, does that mean she's crying? Yeah. I think I, maybe she's in I tears. I think so. It's, like, emotional. Yeah. Like, the whole thing. So, whatever emotional. this is, it's very important and emotional, not only to her, but she also feels that it should at least be important to those she's leaving the note for. Yeah. I mean, just all around, I'm sure it's emotional for everyone. Um so, and the beautiful part, in my opinion, of this whole song is this is all just the buildup. We don't even know what's going on yet. Right, we're just, just, just the first verse. We're just an introduction home. to this world where we have no idea what's happening. But yeah, and then that's when things start getting interesting. They go into the chorus, and um, <clears throat> Brandon, what, what were you saying? Um, they call that uh, uh, soliloquy. I think it's a uh, like a uh, soliloquies where they um, they have. Uh, Multiple different like voices, like different pitched voices for 
almost as different characters in the song. Like representing different viewpoints, yeah, and it's like but in like the same song. It's yeah. overlaid. So yeah. it's like two different people talking. Yeah, and so it seems like in this verse, you have a couple of those where they have like a lyric and then they kind of have like the background, like what basically like what the person's thinking. So it's like two different people's kind of thoughts combined. So like um, the, one way to look at it is she is leaving home. But then in those same lines, like kind of the, the subtext of that is she and then we gave her most of our lives. And so it's like her parents' perspective, I imagine. Um and then is leaving, sacrifice most of our lives. So now they're kind of like. So now in my. At, as like a, more of like a burden or something. Right, exactly. They're not looking at it from the perspective of like, oh, we did this out of love. It's more like, hey, since we did this for you, you owe us. Right. It seems like they just don't understand her perspective as to why she's going. A- absolutely. And there's two people speaking different languages. And I think that's pretty common, especially with like teenagers where like. I mean, it might not always be, like, the right thing, but sometimes it's just, like, a complete disconnect between them and, like, the parents and being able to speak the same language and communicate. And this could all be giving us subtext to, like, reasons why she could be leaving. Right, exactly. Or what it means that she's leaving. Right. Because, like, um, like for example, um, she, she left a note. Um, and she's leaving quietly. She's like crying as she's leaving. Um, and then her parents are like saying, you know, we gave her anything money could buy. Um, but then she's leaving home after living alone, which is interesting because she, it's pretty clear that she lives with her parents. So then why are they saying after she's living alone? Well, in my opinion, what that could mean is like, she's not necessarily sharing what, or at least they, her parents feel she's not sharing what's going on with her. But she feels maybe that she is sharing it accurately and the parents just aren't getting it and but they don't care. And her, then do you nothing. think her parents are the ones saying she's leaving home after living alone? I think that's actually kind of a third um, third pers- third person perspective. Just like not, viewing the whole scenario? Yeah, like kind of like a narrator talking to you, the listener. And I think what they're trying to say is that she felt like she was alone because she didn't feel that connection with her parents. Um, but yeah, that's just like how, how I would interpret it yeah, because I mean, it says after living alone for so many years. So she felt alone, even though she wasn't actually alone. And it's kind of a weird way to feel, but I think something a lot of people can relate to probably. Sorry, you were going to say, yeah, I mean, it seems like just long story short, it's, it's like her parents gave her everything but love. Right, or everything they could imagine that she needed, and they just didn't realize that right. that was like... They forgot key little things. It's like, oh, we gave you all these dolls and this car and like all these nice things that kids love, but it's like, if there's no motion or like, oh, I love you, and this is why we're giving you this, then there's not really much of a reason like, oh, like, is this just for me doing good in this, or is this actually just like for a reason, like... It just feels better, like, around Christmas time. You get gifts because, like, it's a symbol almost, and you give people other gifts, not just because, like, oh, I really needed this charger, but it's like you're giving people these things because not you're showing your affection. And not right. expecting anything in return. Exactly. The whole point is that you're the giving part of it is like, you're giving it. You're not. You're not like paying them five bucks, and they're gonna give you right, something. Not, you're not doing this expecting something else in return. And then be like that, a business transaction. And then that is love. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or at least a, a component of it. Right. Or something, exactly. Something like that. 
But then she feels that that what she's getting from her parents isn't necessarily what she's looking for exactly. long term. She's not being fulfilled in that way. So yeah, that's interesting. Or she could just be a really rebellious teenager. I mean, right? That's true like too. Most of us as teens went through a rebellious phase, and uh, I think that could be what it was. Right. It's true. It's, it doesn't mean that the parents necessarily were even wrong, but at the end of the day. Whatever, whoever was in the wrong, whoever is in the right, there's still a disconnect there that's creating this problem. And so, um, yeah, as as much in the right as the parents might be, you're still in the same situation. So there's still something missing, I think, which is kind of like the point. And I think it's it's kind of open to interpretation because everyone's kind of giving their different viewpoint. And it doesn't mean any of them are necessarily right or wrong. It's just now you have to deal with all of them. Uh, another thing I, I thought was interesting, actually looking into the song, something I'm not that familiar with, but um, like Ren was saying, it's like a soliloquy where people kind of have their own monologues and they kind of just like layer them on top of each other. Um, they also, specifically when there's a bunch of different um, people telling stories from different perspectives at the same time, that's also called a Greek chorus, which I guess is a reference to like some, um, probably the way the, the the Greek had structured some of their stuff for like tragedies and, and they're like... Um, I was actually just about to bring that up. It's this kind of like, I'm not super familiar with it, but would this be considered almost kind of like a Greek tragedy? Because this story is sad. It's a sad story this song is telling. Like this person's leaving their home, which when you think of it, a home is somewhere you feel comfortable. It's somewhere you want to be. It's somewhere where you feel loved. And you're, this person is apparently leaving because they're lacking all those things. So then in the end, leaving a home, it wouldn't be really considered a home if you don't feel all those things there. Right. Like that's part of being at home. It's not necessarily the place. It's the people around you. Right, or the feelings that you associate with it. But yeah, going back to the Greek tragedy thing, I don't know if it would qualify as a Greek tragedy. As far as I know, no one dies. Spoiler alert. Although, well, I could it, could it be a suicide? I, yeah, I mean, there is always be? there is always the suicide yeah, perspective. There's, there's a perspective I did look so at. So I think I think before we get too far into that, though, it's worth listening further on in the song. Yeah. Um, to kind of give a little more context, because we have a little bit now, but I think they're going to build that out a little more as we go along. All right, let's do it. I just want to go into kind of like the in-between um, between like the the end of that last chorus and the beginning of the second verse where it kind of breaks down and the audio gets, I don't know, it's kind of like um, 
electronic and it's kind of like strobing back and forth, but then it's like kind of getting closer to like a single point and it just like stays there. And I, I really like that. I think that's a really interesting touch to add to it. And uh, I think it just makes it really appealing and interesting on top of the lyrics that you can dig into. So it kind of adds a layer on top of the original Beatles um, ideas. And um, I'm not sure exactly how that could relate to the, to the lyrics, but I think it definitely makes it uh, just more interesting in general as a whole package. Well, the way I see it is actually it works perfectly for for me when I listen to this song. I'll usually be outside by a campfire or just like listening on my headphones <laughs> Net- or whatever. Naturally. <laughs> right, exactly. But those parts where the beat is breaking it down, for me, I feel like it helps me just zone into the song and really just think about it. And actually think about the lyrics. Yeah. These sounds that they're using kind of help to just propel my imagination and picturing everything that's going on in the story that they're like building up from you lyrically. Yeah. And that, like, that's what I love about this. Right. It makes it an appealing music. package overall. Exactly. The music they use adds to that. <sighs> Plus, I mean, who doesn't like to listen to some good bass, especially if you have a nice speaker? Yeah, true. It's always appreciated if you got something that can crank it a bit. Just funny thing about cranking the Beatles, <laughs> but true. I mean, there's a time and a place. Or the Flaming Lips, for that matter. That's true too. Yeah, neither ones that you'd normally crank. I don't know how crankable this song is, but I guess if you really jam into it, now you're, you're probably not going to be listening to this on the, on the way to a party. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's more of a after party. Not even that. I'd say more so. I, maybe even if you're Going sad. Going work. <laughs> right. After it's all over. Just. When, when your kids move out or something. When right. Your kid, when your oh. kid leaves home. Oh. Or when you're oh. leaving home. Damn. Ooh. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. Um, wow. Anyway, I guess uh, continue a little bit with the lyrics to kind of continue to paint this a little bit more, fill in a little bit more of this picture. Um, so they're talking, they're setting up this scenario where the reason she had left, like, well, the time she had left, it was early in the morning. So her parents are just now, like, waking up, and they're picturing, they're you giving you the that. middle of the night. Mm, I don't know. Just so because. five in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So her parents are just get, getting up, and her mom's the first one up, and then she's the one who reads the note. And then her um, father gets woken up by the mom crying. So obviously there is actual like emotion and feeling there. Like the mom feels bad, but it's it's interesting because you're not quite sure. You think that the mom is feeling bad about the whole like daughter side to it, but then when the you hear the mom talk, which they use like a different pitch. So you right, can, you can tell it's a different character. Exactly. So when you hear the mom talk, she says, like, how could she treat us so thoughtlessly? So it's kind of no, adding... How, and then how could she do this to me? Right, and then how could she do this to me? It's kind of, in my opinion, it's adding this perspective of, like, the mom, like, isn't really caring about, like, oh, no, like, what, I hope she's not, like, hurt. Is like, she going to be okay? She, yeah, will she like, be okay? Uh, like, which you'd think a parent would be like, but she, uh, uh, like, off the bat is like, 
How could she do this to us? How could she do this to me? Right. Now think about like, why would she do this? So like, what could possibly have driven this? Right. The first thing that the mom thinks of is like, oh, it will ruin my reputation at the bridge club. (laughs) How can I I talk to Sharon? I don't know if they quite go that far, but, but yeah, it kind of seems that, and I think it's, I think it's understandable from like the parent's perspective. You might have ideas like that, but I think they're kind of using it more as a point to illustrate that like they're thinking about things from the wrong perspective from the get-go, which kind of could be a source of a lot of the problems that, right. you're, that you're seeing. Um, uh, one, another thing that's kind of interesting is that one of the way she says our baby's gone, which could just be a term of endearment, but it could also kind of point to maybe like then we're never able to view her any as anything more than just like their baby. And so you kind of lose that connection after a while because people need to be treated like adults and they need to be able to feel like they're respected and stuff like that. And so if you're never able to move past like, oh, you're my little baby, I don't want anything to ever happen to you. People, I think it's easier to grow distant because it's hard for there to be kind of that mutual like love um, there sometimes. But that could also be not what they're going after there. Plus, I mean, she could have left. A note is like, it's kind of, that's kind of a terrible thing to do to it just is. leave and leave it's a note. It's a very childish thing to it's do, I feel like. It's a very childish thing to do. It's the, the, the better way to handle that is to, you know, come to your parents with, hey, it's, I'm ready. You know, it's my, I need to get out of the house and I've, um, I'm ready to get out of the house and not just leave without saying anything. Cause that's just to like, to, to go to sleep and not even know that your, your daughter's going to be gone the next day is, I can't imagine that. Yeah, that's true. That's that's insane. It's it's brutal on like everybody. Um, but I guess the maybe the other side of that might be like maybe if she told her parents that maybe they wouldn't allow her to leave because maybe she's not like old enough and so she felt like her only option was to actually literally run away from home. Because if you're going to run away from home, it doesn't really work very well if you let people know in advance, I think. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless they don't care and they're just like willing to like okay, well if you want to go you know, but I don't know. Who, it could be something like that, though. Or maybe she just felt that way, and she was didn't wasn't brave enough to confront them. Or, I mean, whatever. But yeah, those are all interesting things to think about. Um, but yeah, then they kind of go on with the parents, and again, it's that same like she is leaving home, but then that's kind of overlaid with we never thought of ourselves. Did we get to that? Part? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then never a thought for ourselves. Like they see themselves as completely the victims here, and it seems like. They're not really looking at what could possibly we have done wrong. So, and then basically we struggled hard all our lives to get by. Kind of like she owes them something, which I mean, there's arguments to be made about that. But telling someone that they owe you something is not always the right way to get like affection from them. Right. And I say. actually have always found this very ironic when she is, when the mom is saying like, we never thought of ourselves and then like never thought for ourselves and then the first thing she says in the well the last thing she's had said in the last verse before that chorus Mm -hmm. she says how could she do this to me which is like you're not asking yourself like oh like how is she gonna be all right like this 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 no you're asking her like how could you do this to me like that's thinking of yourself Right, exactly. So I've it's, always it's found that very ironic. Right. Like, because we never she... thought of ourselves, but all you're thinking about is yourself. Exactly. It seems like based on the lyrics. Exactly. Yeah, it's, I think that's probably pretty intentional, just showing that, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're, it's like pretty clear they're probably in some kind of denial, which, like, I guess, how would you not be? But Right, because then, especially if you were just ignoring mm-hmm. the girl or your child 
for this many years to the point where they just felt like they needed to leave because they didn't feel like appreciated or loved at all and then you're just kind of proving the whole justification of this by being like how could she do this to us like this is all about me 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 like you're not even wondering like is she going to be okay yeah i mean i know that's why i ran away from home no i'm just kidding i never i never ran away from home my my relationship wasn't really quite like that actually i thought we like found you near like a shelter and then you had a microphone in your hand and i'm like hey you want to record a podcast and that's how it all began (laughs) exactly that was before any of us were replaced with robots (laughs) (laughs) right then they found our brains and they were like you know what it would be easier just to do it this way much cleaner yeah so now we just make podcasts (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really like the last verse of the chorus um where it's she's leaving home after living alone. What did we already get? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, we know we did. We and I, I kind of can, touched on that in the previous course, but please, like, touch on it more. And yeah. she's leaving home alone. after living alone. Bye bye. I kind of I feel like when uh, when they say bye bye, it's almost like an acceptance. Like this is what's happened. It's like they started off, whereas like they didn't really accept it, and then they wondered what they did wrong, and then it's. Now it's happened, and they're like, "Bye, bye." Like this, it's over. Like you're gone. Right. There's been this stage where it's just like, there's nothing you can do at this point. She's gone now. It's right. this whole. It's interesting because the song is she's leaving home, but, but then by the end of the song, you realize it's not that she's leaving home because this whole song was a build up for reasons why she'd be leaving home and then they're well, just it ignoring starts, it them. It starts with her leaving home and then you get into right. like the history. Exactly. And they're ignoring the like reactions. all these reasons for why she's leaving home and then by the time they're like she when they realize she's leaving home it's like she left. Like that was yesterday, bro. Like she left home. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I would just say find that interesting. I would say for the bye-bye too, I could also kind of see it from her like maybe she's the one saying that. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's always interesting when songs are written in a way that they're ambiguous, and so you kind of can dig in a bit, but it's it's not going to be um, not going to be like a for sure thing. But that's what's great. You you listen to it like every time you listen to it, you can almost come up with like another idea for how it makes sense. Right. That's what makes music so powerful. You can listen into these songs and just know like you can. You don't, there's nothing about these lyrics that you know for sure. Well, like, you know you, she's leaving home. Well, true. <laughs> <laughs> but is I mean, she, that's though? Yeah. Well, what is home? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is leaving? Home and is like, where the heart is. The thing is, it, this song, she goes on for so long, you know, it's, they might as well call it, she's not gone yet, but she's leaving. Maybe that was the prequel. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. That's actually a reference to the Fratellis. Shout out to the Fratellis. True. Um, no, this one, she actually does leave, so. Um, but yeah, anyway, with that said, let's continue. Friday morning at nine o'clock, she is far away. Waiting to keep the appointment she made. Meeting a man from the motor train. What did we do that was wrong? We Father's the one thing that money can't solve. Inside that 
So that last that last verse, it was yeah, like the bridge. Yeah, um, it the way they set it up is like the mom or father are just like realizing that there might be something wrong here after she's already like left. And they're like, well, in our defense, we didn't know it was wrong when, like, I don't know. Right, and actually the way, uh, especially in the Flaming Lips version, um, the way that they're saying we didn't know it was wrong, um, like, it makes you feel almost very sympathetic for the parents. Like, you should, they should definitely not just be the bad guys in the song. Because obviously, there's a story about a kid running away from home. Like, I mean... And because they didn't feel loved that much. I mean, that, that obviously you need to have those things. But, I mean, it's not like they're being abused or something like that. Like, it sounds like they, from what the parents are saying, they have a pretty, at least, it, I don't know. Normal. Like, not, not like a particularly horrible upbringing. Right. Other than maybe being distant from the parents, which, you know, that's something that's hard to quantify, I guess. Right. And the parents even had given us a little glimpse into that by saying earlier how they how they were like... We gave her everything money could buy. It's not like we neglected her in that sense. Like we gave right. her everything she wanted or everything they thought she wanted. Right, exactly. Which I think is a key thing in this well, then whole they part. They, they acknowledge that in the next the next line, which is fun is the one thing money can't buy. Right. So either the girl is saying that or the parents are saying that, but they're coming but, to a realization. And I think that's kind of the key to the whole song where it's like they're giving her stuff that they think she wants and hoping that 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 works as opposed to, you know, asking her, like, what do you want? Well, and also, like Brandon was saying, maybe she's just a rebellious teenager who what she wants to do is just have fun, but that's like, might not be the right answer. So maybe her parents aren't, like, just doing that. You know, what's good for you is not always what you want, especially when you're younger. It's, It's harder to see that, I think. And that ties into the next line, something inside that was always denied. So that could that be maybe the she wants to go have she wants she wants to go have fun and uh, they don't uh, want her to go out really right and I guess to give more perspective a line I thought was really interesting is um, back in the bridge it ends with meeting a man from the motor trade um, so that was kind of interesting because we were earlier saying that you know maybe it's a suicide note and maybe she's leaving home it's like that she's gonna die. But, like, when they say she's meeting a man from the motor trade, I mean, that doesn't sound like um, kind of like a euphemism for, like, suicide. Or to death me. or anything. Yeah. And so what it kind of makes me think of is kind of like a more of like a sleazy car salesman who is, like, really smooth talker and could get you to, like, run away from home. Um, and maybe, like, is trying to take advantage of you or whatever, whatever it is. But, you know, you're young and impressionable. And it's, like, exactly the kind of person who convince you. To leave home and run away and, Especially, and like just, just go have fun because that's what you think is going to be fun. Especially if you're already at a point where you're like thinking of leaving home because you feel neglected. Right, exactly. So you're already so feel, you're vulnerable. You already feel like your parents don't get you. And then someone who comes in who's paying attention to you and is a smooth talker by definition and can offer you the, the fun things you want to do that your parents won't let you do. 
And it's just, uh, yeah, it's actually pretty sad to think about because there's no way that it's going to end well. well, I mean, or it could, you know, but it just doesn't sound Eh, like a good recipe. Probably not. (laughs) Let's not throw out the... The tradesman, though it could be a could be an auto mechanic. I'm I'm True. saying maybe uh, the women are pretty into the tradesman. I gotta yeah. I gotta pat myself on the <laughs> shoulder a, a little bit. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to tradesman. True, if you're a sexy mechanic and listening to this. Like this episode is dedicated to you. <laughs> um, but um, uh, another thing I thought was interesting is looking into the song. So the original one by the Beatles, which is you know the same lyrics. Apparently, it was actually based on a true story that Paul McCartney read in a newspaper about a girl named Melanie who ran away from home to be with her older boyfriend. And it wasn't just like, oh, okay, like I'm going to like move out. It was like she ran away and her parents didn't know what happened to her. And so um, that's so there was like newspaper articles about it. People were freaking out because, you know. It's one thing to like leave home. It's another thing to disappear and have everyone worried about you and like terrified about like what's going on. And then that also adds another interesting aspect to this song from a writer's perspective because then you get this little story and you're like, you know what? There could be an amazing backstory to this. Let's make that happen. And then right, that's so where you, you get, get the song. With your own imagination, like kind of what that was like right. and what led to that. Exactly, because you see this like very um, radical conclusion. So you, in your mind, anyway, we're gonna fill in what we think. If the newspaper doesn't already, we're gonna fill in what we think each individually about what happened. When now the songwriters just put that into a song and made a song about it. Right. Yeah. And so it gives you a lot to work with because you kind of have this conclusion. You just get to fill in the details. And kind of create this own imagined story that fills in the blanks, but more importantly, is like a great song, which I feel like it's just like a testament to like how dope the Beatles were and how kind of I don't know, amazing. Like they they made this whole ballad, um, and it's just just a really nice song, especially in the middle of the album that it falls into, um, which is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which um, I feel like is one of their more popular albums. Certainly, certainly one of the really well known ones. Um, and so actually I just had an idea, um, not something we've done before. I'm thinking because I like both versions of the song. Like for example, this one, um, I, I'm struggling to describe it, but I, I just love a lot of like the weird noises they have in here. Um, and just like, especially if you're listening on headphones, it sounds really, really cool. Um, and that's, because that's the, they're playing it through like each right, ear individually and the sound's traveling. It's, it's designed, it feels like a sound wave that's traveling. It's, it's designed to flow that way. Yeah. And it seems like they drop the bass at the perfect time. Yeah, exactly. Where like that you got the, when they're singing and then there's no bass and they just, it's, I don't know, it's hard, it's hard for me to explain, but they drop the bass at just certain right. times it kind of gets to me a little other bit. Other times it kind of switches to acapella. Um, and, and so that's that's really cool. They do a great job of modernizing and just really making something as compelling and hits you. But what I was going to say, my idea was, is the Beatles version is also really good. So I was thinking maybe we should release a version of this with the um, Flaming Lips song. And then an, another version where I just edit in the Beatles one instead of the Flaming Lips one. And I think it would be cool to kind of release like back to back so people can pick whatever version they want to. Because That's the lyrics, an awesome idea. The that... lyrics are the same. You might be a little bit confused about, um, you know, when I'm talking about like the music sonically. Because the version we're actually recording this with is the, the Flaming, Flaming Lips, Lips one. one. But I think it would be great to give people the option to hear both. I completely agree. Like um, 
like uh, Brennan was saying, the Beatles one is, is fantastic, especially with their string arrangements that they use. It just fits the song so unimaginably well. Yeah. And it's amazing to me because, honestly, both of these um, artists do a great job with this story, with this song, and either one works. Like, if I heard someone... Like That's I, the beauty of covers, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Well, not all covers, though. It's true. Hashtag not all covers, but um, but a lot of the time, it's kind of like the idea is that you... Yeah, I mean, covers can get pretty wild, which is great. And sometimes they'll be almost identical, which can be great. But this one is definitely one that you could easily swap them yeah, up. Because they don't I, change anything too crazy. I would agree. Lyrically. I think lyrically, they're exactly the same it's, it's identical yeah. and i would even say like with the inflections and stuff like they didn't yeah i don't know it's not like they made it, like a metal version where they're like screaming you know actually that we should look into that do they have a metal cover of she's leaving home system of not. a down <laughs> system of not. a down that she's leaving it's home like, why is she always leaving home? <laughs> why is she always leaving home <laughs> yeah that would be that would be funny but anyway yeah with with that said i think it's it's a really cool song i mean definitely one of uh, the more interesting ones yeah Palm, Palm, actually something interesting i was also reading about this so not only was this based on a real story that paul mccartney read in the newspaper apparently this is really weird stuff that you know one of those weird kind of demonic connections you'll find with right. the Beatles. Um, where's Sam when you need him? Yeah, exactly. Where, where's our resident uh, demonologist on this show? We'll have to bring him back. But um, basically, apparently Paul McCartney had met this girl who the newspaper article was written about three years previously. He gave her an award on TV. So I don't know no. what what's what's going on with that. But apparently it's real. And she was also like aware of the song, like in retrospect. Wow. Apparently also she did end up, she was 17 when she ran away from home. But she ended up moving back in with her parents for a little while when she was 18. And then she got married and moved. Wow. So that's so, more I guess of a happy ending. It seems like there was Just a happy ending. Just hearing that gives the song more power. Like, yeah. Like after knowing that. I actually didn't it, know that. You almost look, listen yeah. to it with a different perspective. Yeah, yeah for sure. It, it gives you... Well, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of what we're saying is just like how we imagine it. But then it's interesting to know what actually ended up happening there. And it ended up... It seems like it wasn't a tragedy. Like she didn't end up dead somewhere. So it's always ideal for running away from home. Wow, though. I, I didn't know that. That's completely new to me. Yeah, I did reach out to her parents for a phone interview, but they declined. Darn. Well, I mean, if you ever want to reach out to us, just follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, what, is, what um, are our handles? Like, they know we have them. We just need the handles. <laughs> so the Twitter is underscore listening underscore in. The Instagram is listening in podcast with no spaces or capital letters. Just uh, let us know what your thoughts are on that. And um, on this episode, on previous episodes, on episodes yeah, you may want love, us to do in the future. We love to give feedback. Any criticism, good or bad. Especially if it's criticism of Brandon. Oh, We're man. very open to that. Yeah. yeah. We love criticizing our guest hosts. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, by the way. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Yeah, I know. It's, it's always good to have... Um, to have a fresh voice on here so fresh always, blood as we call it yeah that that too we're always looking for that so. well I'm, I'm sounding a little raspy right now i'm just getting over a cold at this point but uh hey any, i mean we'll take it it means we, he's dedicated it's people. fresh to us I, I get what you were saying i yeah. just i had to throw that <laughs> you gotta always throw a little bit of realism on there it's, yeah true all right all right well without further ado thanks again for listening in this is steve and chuck and brandon signing off
Peace. Good night and God bless. This is like a break, a little break. Yeah, the only place it gets tricky is if we're taking breaks in the middle of when we're saying stuff. Because it's easy for me, like, everything in this chunk is, like, you know, not going to be used. So, yeah. that's the only or thing breaks. And if it's used, then uh, I'm fine with that, too. Yeah.